My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started the Dubbing Up podcast with my friend, Dan White. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also each month, the latest pay-per-views will be alive, not only for the Big Four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the Attitude's rise and WCW's demise. Right now, we are ready for a huge SummerSlam weekend, and of course, we were live last night. But now, it's time for the SummerSlam 2019 kickoff. The, the WNR, WNR are live. live. So, yes, we are live. Uh, but before we do anything, let's start with the alternate quote from, well, again, the greatest Canadian living. And my daughter loves being buried up to her neck in the sand at the beach. Her little face lights up when I come back to get her the next day. And that, of course, is Ryan Reynolds. But welcome to the 32nd SummerSlam. Dan, are you excited for the event? I am always excited for SummerSlam. It's the biggest show of the summer if you don't include NXT TakeOvers. <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts on TakeOver last night? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, great stories told. It was one of the best TakeOvers of the year, if not pay-per-view of the year. Uh, honestly, it was really, really good. And if you've missed that or you don't kind of watch NXT on the network and it is just the kind of big events, you are missing out. Uh, it was it was sent to behold. Of course, that podcast will be out next Sunday. We'll bring you takeover the entire event to find out who won predictions. But tonight is all about SummerSlam. And on the show, Dan. Well, on the show we have news, elephant or F one, the greatest game in the WNR podcast <laughs> history. We have a mass debate because we love to masturbate live for you on the show. We've got new schedule, and of course, we will run through the card. But first. We start with shout-outs. Yeah, one of my favourite things to do on the WNR podcast is, of course, the shout-outs. And we start off with Rich McDaniel, who says, I want Randy Orton to win, but most likely Kofi is going to, because Kofi's a better wrestler. It's because he's built up all this hype, and I'm pretty sure WWE won't let Kofi's hype die down like that. What have you thought of Kofi's WWE title reign to begin with? Uh, well, you know, we have mentioned previously about, um, you know, it kind of being a very good thing to happen for WWE, but, you know, it's, is has he gone enough? I've said that he needs a viable challenger and Randy Orton is that viable challenger, but can he overcome the Viper? That is the big question of the night. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not going to give anything away because, of course, we do predictions as well and we're going to do it for SummerSlam tonight. 
But uh, this is the thing. I think Kofi's W title reign has kind of been successful. I think the, the thing we've been talking about is to have a challenger who's worthy. And I think Randy Orton is tonight. And Will Orton, the storyline he's been holding him down for 11 years, will he be held down again tonight? And a simple storytelling, but well done as well, isn't it? You know, Absolutely, yeah. And I think um, with Randy and Kofi, they've got a bit of history there. So the video package is going to be quite good for that as well. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know. Um, so, uh, next shout-out. Our next shout-out is Rodney Lewis, and he says, Seth Rollins will burn Suplex City down again, just like WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania might have been slightly different to what we're going to see tonight, really, you know, but just because... I do. You, well, then again, do you think it's going to be over in five minutes? <laughs> I don't think it will, no. I think it's going to be a longer match. match. Um... The outcome, I don't know. If Seth Rollins doesn't win, he'll probably get another shot of the next pay-per-view, anyway, wouldn't he? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, we've still got Rollins, even though the the, the guys don't get a, a rematch, there's still something to come. Of course, we're going to run through the card in depth uh, later on as well and try and get into all these, you know, questions asked. But, um, you know, Seth Rollins still has a, a loads of fans out there. So, tonight, you know, if, if Rollins wins, I think he's one of those guys that can beat Lesnar and, you know... Lesnar won't lose anything from it. But anyway, we we'll get on to that in a bit. Next shout, Maria Hernandez. Should Becky still be Raw Women's Champion or she needs to just focus on her career being the man? That is another tough one. Um, I don't know because she's not really being the man, being the champion, is she? She's just Becky the champion. It's kind of taken the focus of the badass man that she was. Well, this is the thing, and it's kind of have her in the cats because it, sometimes it's better being the, the chaser for the title. And I think Lynch is not going to be in a hot, but I think WWE didn't... Did they capitalise on it correctly with her, or is it them that have called her down, or is it just a bit of both, you know? I think it might be a bit of both, but, you know, when Becky Lynch was really big in her man character, she was getting compared a lot to Austin. But we've now got Kevin Owens, who is getting compared to Austin as well. Are they just trying to turn everyone into a beer-swelling redneck? Well, this is the thing, you know, any kind of anti-authority baby face is going to be known as someone with an attitude. But uh, I think you always say as well, don't be, the, you know, another Steve Austin. Be the first, whoever you are, be the first Becky Lynch, you know. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's probably the best thing that you can kind of focus on. Yeah. But I think even if Lynch... You know, loses the title, she'll still be in the title hunt, I think, down the road as well. She's not going anywhere anytime soon, you know. Well, one thing I am glad with Becky Lynch is that she's they're not focusing on her relationship with Seth Rollins as much anymore. You know, it's kind of, they've done their little storyline. You know, they're still together, but they're not together in storyline, mm. which... <clears throat> I'm relieved about. Yeah, exactly, because there's a way they could have done that which wouldn't really feel good. There's, they might go back to it later, you know, later in the year or again at some point if they're still together, but I think it's good to keep them separate as is at the moment. Our next shout-out is Scott Lowry, and he says, I hope after SummerSlam either Braun or Lashley have the opportunity to challenge for the Universal Championship. Well, I think Braun is definitely someone who... Many people predicted last year he would become Universal Champ, and it's not happened. As for Bobby Lashley, I wouldn't have said so until his recent performances. Not we talked, uh, we, not we're going to talk about unfortunate injury later on the show. You know, has an injury later on the show, but you know, so we're getting the news in a bit. But what are your thoughts on both men? 
Well, again, with the storyline with Braun, it's kind of cooled down. Um, I'm I'm glad that they're not pushing him as much as they were because, you know, you push someone, you get bored of them. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of gets dull and boring. But, you know, they've kind of kept him out of the limelight and they, they're still keeping him working and, you know, strolling. Hopefully, you know, when the time is right, he'll get that monster push. Because he is a legitimate big guy. He can work in the ring. So, yeah, why not give him that shot? I mean, there's a couple of guys, and again, you're going to have a go at me, that talk about Drew McIntyre, right? I think there's t- him and Strowman are two guys that people look at and go, they will definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, be Universal Champion or W Champion in the next five years. I think that's, you know, you would ask loads of people, I think the, the majority would say that. But the problem is, will they actually see it through with the characters and make them champions or keep relying on the stars from yesteryear to keep coming back for Brock Lesnar. You know, if Brock Lesnar hadn't come back total reign, could we have seen an opportunity for McIntyre or Strowman to be involved? Would that be more entertaining now to see them feud over the Universal title than it would be a Rollins and Lesnar match? I would like to have seen it more than Brock Lesnar. I, I think that's true. And I think that's a sad thing at the moment where it says where it is at, at, with the kind of story heading into SummerSlam with that. But anyway, Mike McIntyre, speaking of McIntyres, I think it might be his cousin. It might be so. He says, my girl Bailey will retain the SmackDown women's title over Ember Moon at SummerSlam. Dan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, from what we've seen of Ember Moon in NXT, because I'm only going on when she was actually good and built properly, she would wipe the floor with Bailey. You know, as much as I like Bailey, and I think she's a very entertaining character, a very good worker... You know, if it was the NXT Ember Moon, then I'd say Bailey stands no chance. Right now, <sighs> you know, it's you could toss a coin and come up with a winner. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I think at the moment with Bailey, with a kind of championship run, uh, Ember Moon needs good challenges, and I think Moon is an excellent challenger. But we we spoke about in the last yesterday about just the amount of talent in the women's division just not being used right at this moment in time. But these are two that hopefully, if they're given enough time tonight. Can put on a kind of head on a show. And, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to say either way, but Moon could definitely beat Bailey tonight, and I'll be happy about that. You know? Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't complain at, about seeing that either. David Reagan says, Damn, I wish Shane O'Mac's ego would be big enough to put his career on the line in the match so that if he loses, we will get rid of him on weekly TV. Well, I mean, <sighs> Shane McMahon is a weird thing because... A lot of people hate him because of recent work on TV, but you've have you got to respect it? I mean, I I really like Sherman McMahon. And I know that's against the kind of grain of what people think. I, I think... absolutely love the career of Shane McMahon, but I don't like the fact that he gets pushed. You know, where there's so many other superstars that could viably be in his position. Yeah, I know they're kind of. Going off the McMahon name and, you know, the authority McMahon name, trying to get him the biggest thing, you know, like, he's just basically trying to do what his dad done, as we are watching 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, I do, I would like to see him, because even Vince McMahon didn't have that much exposure. I know he was constantly in segments, but I think Shane McMahon... Gets more wrestling exposure than his dad did. Yeah, I mean, to be beating Roman Reigns uh, even this year, you know, it shouldn't have happened. 
and it, it annoyed a lot of people. And hopefully tonight, you know, he gets to come up. And, but I, I wouldn't mind Shane appearing every now and again on TV. But like, is it, or even, you know, you could do weekly, but just not, you know, maybe like a, a five-minute segment, not a whole show, you know. That would be quite nice. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Todd Corey says, Charlotte is acting like Trish. And what this match out of jealousy when she really challenged Trish. So do you think Charlotte doesn't feel she's going to make it until she's beaten a legend then? Well, I, I don't know. Um, you can't say that Charlotte hasn't made it, really. That's that's one thing. You, I don't think you can doubt that, you know, Charlotte certainly has made a name for herself, whether she's done it by herself or whether it's the name that's kind of made her. But, you know, I think this is wasted because I would like to have seen what should have been an evolution between Alexa Bliss and Trish Stratus because... I think that would have been a better match for me, personally. Do you think Bliss has had a kind of demotion in a way, either because of her injury or just because they want to protect Charlotte over anybody else at this moment in time? I think it is a little bit of both. You know, I think her being in a tag team division, it kind of helps her out because, you know, she's got someone there to rely on in Nikki Cross. And, yeah, it is obviously Charlotte and what they'd say, her name pulling power mm. to, like, bring her to this match and, you know, going against Trish. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it's great having a, a kind of free high-profile women's matches, but it just so happens to be Charlotte. If Charlotte was in a title match, would we have seen, like you said, a Bliss or a, or a Bailey or even a kind of Becky Lynch versus Trish? I mean, that's, that's to be seen. But there's a lot of Trish Stratus fans still out there, though. Absolutely, yes. And Alexis Turner says, Trish Stratus is my idol. Love and respect you. Always a winner at SummerSlam. 100% Stratisfaction. What are your thoughts on Trish Stratus? I don't know if we talked about it much. Well, you know, for for someone who was kind of around in the Attitude Era, and, you know, there was a fair few demeaning segments involving Trish Stratus, I think, you know, for someone to kind of bounce back from that and be respected as a women's competitor, someone who paved the way for so many other women's wrestlers, I think that's great of her. You know, you can kind of overlook her being on all fours, barking for Vince McMahon and, you know, so on and so forth like that. And you can kind of see the competitor that she was. And she was a very, very good competitor. Without a doubt, you know, nobody really gave her a chance when she first joined. And she's going to put her heart and soul. And I also think the feud with Lita was really important because not only, you know, you talk about career, but you need your rivals there as well. And I think with Lita and Trish being so connected. And Trish, even, you know, throughout her career with Mickie James and the kind of association with a lot of other people as well, you know, kind of helped them out in in that situation situation and, and kind of showed Trish to be the kind of legend that she is and you know seven time women's champion is very very impressive but the scary thing is Charlotte is already on nine you know so they're talking about where you're going to go nine time champion already should does Charlotte deserve that on accolade or so soon I personally I don't think so no I think it's too much because you know Ric Flair he was 16 time world champion and he had a long John Cena, 16-time world champion, and he had a very, very long career. Or he still has a very long career. I don't know. I, I, I suppose he hasn't kind of retired just yet. There might be another run in him yet. But, you know, I think it's it's too many times in that short space of time. And there's, you know, there's other women that, especially now, deserve it 
as much, if not more, as Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame if that story of her getting the title run puts off or stops other women from winning it, then that's that's therein lies a problem, you know. Uh, but we shall see. But Duvry Trivaldi said, I'm really... I'm waiting for the Fiend's entrance to SummerSlam. How creepy it will look. It better be creepy, WWE. I, I, it, what are you thinking of the Fiend cat? Because there's, there's been so much goodwill towards this. Absolutely. Well, it can't be any worse than the fucking projections that he had on the mat when he was going <laughs> against Randy Orton. Let's just face that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully they book it right and they do it really well. I honestly can't imagine what they're going to come up with for his entrance. Uh, but, you know, hopefully if Bray Wyatt's had some kind of say in the creative, then it will be something very enjoyable and very good. Well, that, and this is the thing that we've seen. We've seen the lights really flicker. The way he's attacked, you know, people like Kurt Angle and uh, Mick Foley. Uh, and it just looks, the mask and the look and the character and all the fun house leading up to it as well. It's just been really good. And let's hope, you know, they can pay it off properly and not, drop the ball with a fiend you know it's kind of one of these things at the moment i think can, it can have a really big success if used correctly you know absolutely yeah. and I, I presume trey kill is going on the same themes of the fiend uh and they say this is the best gimmick since the broken hardies well you know more about the broken hardies than i so oh james do you know what i thought of the broken hardies <laughs> oh god what did you think Dan? they were wonderful <laughs> <laughs> But is there space for them, though? The Broken Hardies? No, so it's just, you know, for this kind of weird... Like, when you say a weird, weird gimmick, what kind of, like... There is an opening for it, but I hope it kind of goes to the Undertaker's-style dark side gimmick as opposed to the Boogeyman and his kind of gimmick. You know, there's there's good ways of booking gimmicks and there's bad ways of doing it, and hopefully it goes down the good way because... You know, from what I understand, Bray Wyatt had quite a bit of influence in this character and how it's going to be perceived and, you know, what's going on with it. So, if the wrestler is on board with it, then hopefully, you know, it's it's a good thing and, you know, they can get 100% behind it and just take it to that next level. Well, there's no doubt that, you know, I think Bray Wyatt is 100% into it and I hope as well that uh, Paul Heyman just says to him, look, just go with what you want to do with the ideas and see where it can take you. Uh, and like I said, as for gimmick-wise, it's weird the Undertaker lasts so long, but Kane is a gimmick that, that lasted as well, so it shows that it can happen. Anyway, next up, Stunner P. says, Dolph is in great shape. He's clearly at his physical prime, but WWE still isn't using him right. Goldberg is past it. Do you think Ziggler's in his prime right now? Um, He is looking... In real good shape. You know, you can't take that away from him. But, you know, my main objective with this is Goldberg is past it. Yeah, he might have had a terrible match against The Undertaker. But I think, you know, it's not entirely Goldberg's fault, that match. I think, you know, using Goldberg right, you have a quick match. It is, like, you know, a few hits, spear, jackhammer, job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't think WWE is using Goldberg right. With Dolph Ziggler, I really honestly have no idea where they're going with him from this. He seems like a guy who wants to kind of do like the, the stand-up and the comedy that he does, 
but quite likes being under the, the WWE umbrella or WWE are giving him so much money to wrestle that he doesn't go anywhere else that he's quite happy to do it. When his prime, I, I feel like his moment for a main event star came and went when his injury happened after winning the money in the bank with Del Rio. And it wasn't his fault, you know, the concussion. But WWE said to themselves, there's a guy we can't give the, the ball to because, you know, unfortunately it won't end up right. And since then, Ziggler's kind of gone from this main event talent to a kind of mid to... He's not main... Like, mid to... You know, he's a guy in the mid card who, you know, when people debut, usually go and beat him, or, you know, get the job done. He's a kind of name to say... He's I, a name maker. Exactly. I, yeah. I beat Ziggler, but I'm going to something bigger, you know. So, Ziggler's a... stepping stone. Exactly. Ziggler's a guy who's stepping stone's perfect, and who's going to be, like, maybe US title win a continental title, but I don't see him having... A world title run, unless WWE say, "Fuck it, let's try it." You know, you can see how pissed off he, well, not pissed off, jealousy was, and he actually said that of Kofi Kingston's title reign. So you might think he might have one kind of more run in him, but I don't know if WWE actually believe that. You know. Well, you know, we'll we'll see over time. I suppose it's you know it's just one of them wait and see kind of things. Well, that, I mean, as for Goldberg, you know, this is one of these things where I'm. You're a much bigger fan than I, so I think Ziggler's a perfect opponent to bump around for Goldberg if he needs redemption from that uh, match against Taker, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, Undertaker's had his redemption teaming up with uh, Roman Reigns, so I think this is Goldberg saying, look, you know, Undertaker's had his, I want, you know, I want mine. And, you know, two old heads bumping together, I I just don't think that works anymore. No. Uh, Reese Thompson says, at least Natty is getting TV time. I don't think she would be getting TV time if the show wasn't in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that is true, though, isn't it? You know, that's the only thing that she's bringing to this pay per view is her Canadianness, and yeah, she will get a huge response. But you know, I think that's going to be probably the biggest response that she has in her career. Could we see something surprising tonight, though? Like either not not talk about prediction of Natalia winning, but what about Ronda Rousey return? I mean, not much talk recently, but to come out because she's known to be friends with Natalia after the match and say, "Right, I'm be back at the Rumble or Survivor Series and set up something future," or do you think it's too soon for kind of that? Well, you know, there is more chance of Sasha Banks returning and saying, "You're beating everyone." Yeah beat me well i'd rather have that than fucking charlotte beating trish and then next in line for the top i i do you know what i mean i don't want to see charlotte versus lynch again to be fair i don't really want to see charlotte versus bailey but i think we are going to see one of those two you know absolutely bloody lootly and it is a a crying shame but it is it's wwe she's blonde and she's tall damn it yeah she's friends with rousey she goes she's canadian she's getting a main event well, Joe Dunk says, what is the point of this brand split if SmackDown superstars are going to compete on Raw week after week? The WWE just makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, it's very simple to understand. It's a wild card rule, which means up to three to eight superstars can be traded, not traded, sorry, can be appearing on the rival show and vice versa. So you can have, you know, whoever you want on Raw. And that's fine because the wild card rule is saying that makes perfect sense to me. You know, and what I really enjoy is having like a draft there and then completely taking it apart because you can't be bothered to make new stars, so you have to have the same guy travelling from show to show. It should be called, basically, the Roman Reigns rule, and have him on Raw and SmackDown, which I don't think is fair. But uh, what are your thoughts on the brand split recently? Is it enough for you? Do you want to see more? 
I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting a bit fed up with it. You know, it is, it, it is something that should just be, you got Raw superstars, you got SmackDown superstars. They can come together and butt horns at certain pay-per-views throughout the year, but the brands to themselves. So if you had a choice between, after SummerSlam, brand splits over and Raw and SmackDown just their own shows with the same roster, or would you want to see like Bischoff and Heyman going, right, let's make our own rosters and have a, a our own show now forward, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I'd like to see that down the line. But, uh, you know, again, with SmackDown going on Fox Sport, would they want to have access to a bigger pool of wrestlers? Is that kind of what they're trying out the wild card rule for? I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what lies ahead for the the draw. I mean, the rumours are Bishop Heyman are going to kind of pick sides. We'll see what happens. But Anthony Cruz says, if Toy 5 Live actually merges with NXT like it's rumoured to, hopefully the W Cruiserweight world title will still defend on the main roster pay-per-views and kickoffs, and they allow guys in the division, NXT guys, Toy 5 Live's main roster guys, to also compete on SmackDown. I mean, that's a, a fault there, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, 2 5 Live with NXT. I mean, 90% of the NXT roster could actually fight in 205 Live. I mean, there's a lot of small guys there. Um, you know, would that kind of move over to NXT pay-per-views? I'd like to see the 205 Live division open to everyone, you know, and that's up to and including guys not given a chance or guys that make the grade or just, you know, anyone that thinks of it, you know, I'm going to have a go. Daniel Bryan, you know, jump on there for a few weeks, go against a few of few of the talent and you know there could be some very creative and interesting matches coming up well this is the thing though because like with 205 live if they go and join nxt at 205 lives no more because they don't want to show then would the cruiserweight title become the third title on on nxt is that too many to have for and the guys coming on it don't get me wrong it would be fun but like you said, is it time now to say, no, Raw, we have the cruiserweights, or SmackDown has the cruiserweights, and this is how we kind of deal with it? Or say, you know, it's shared on Raw or SmackDown, because it hasn't, Toy 5 Live suffered from not having an identity. But I do think NXT moving two hours, like it's talked about, will need help. And with 205 maybe involved, maybe there'll be a storyline there, even if it's kind of 205 versus NXT, you know. Would that be something that would be interesting? I, I don't know. Again, you know, it is. There's not anything you can do that would harm NXT at the moment. So, you know, having the addition of the 205 guys, a lot of them are very good performers on there as well. So, yeah, you know, it could be fun and interesting. Yeah, I mean, it'd be quite interesting to see Tony Nese, you know, mixing it up. But like so we had seen him in NXT before anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Seth Colby. On Raw, I like this gauntlet match, but what's the point of making one when clearly AJ wanted to continue his feud with Ricochet? Much like the wild card rule, we've got a new rule in effect where champions don't have an automatic rematch clause, and that's why they have to have separate matches. But again, like you said, sometimes a champion can just pick what he wants and just be like, I want to face you know, Ricochet. But it, it gave Ricochet a chance, even though... I liked it, but Ricochet only pinned one person. It wasn't like he went through a gauntlet. It was just, there we go, that was it at the end. Uh, but with AJ Ricochet tonight, if they have enough time, I think they can steal the show down. I don't know what are your thoughts about the feud and the match. Well, they can clearly have good matches. Uh, obviously, AJ sees 
something very good in Ricochet, something that we saw when we met him live. <laughs> I, I like to drop that in there when I can. Um, but it is good, and it's, you know, at least with Ricochet, he didn't just say, right, there's your shot, have another match with him. He, in some ways, earned it. So, you know, I, th- I think that was that was kind of a good thing about it. He wasn't automatically giving it. Uh, like a lot, a lot, a lot of other superstars are. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's a match that I'm very looking forward to tonight. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I mean, there's a lot of matches. If cards is quite simple at the moment. So it is something to quite look forward to. And like I said, we'll be running through the card later on. Thank you for everybody with the shout-outs. They get better every time, Dan, don't they? The people emailing and asking questions. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we're getting some good questions. Uh, you know, there's anything you can ask us or state to us or tell us, and we'll either tell you that we agree with you or just how wrong you are. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we always like to do anyway and enjoy. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the shout outs, and um, we're gonna move on now. And I tell you what, is it should we just stop for it's time for a game, do you reckon, Dan? I like playing games. I, I like playing games as well. And I think before we have a, a quite hard mass debate, I think it's time for a game. And should we dust off an old classic? Oh, what classic are you thinking of? <laughs> well, what is my favourite thing to do with you? You like to masturbate with me. I do like to masturbate, but what is the other thing I like to do with you? We can't say that live. No, okay, well, no. What game do we like playing without a ball gag? Elephant or F1, but it just ain't the same about a ball gag. <laughs> well, it's time for Elephant or F1, the old favourite, the oldest game in WNR podcast. Dan, can you please explain the, game, the rules of Elephant or F1? Well, the rules are rather simple. I make a noise and it is... <laughs> and it is either Elephant or an F1 car going past at speed. That was an F1 car. It was just a practice. Oh, game. sorry. Oh, right. oh, sorry. But, you know, that's kind of the gist. You can play along at home and, you know, you can argue amongst your friends. But I will reveal whether it is an elephant or an F1 car. Car. I have my card in my hand, which states which one it is I'm going to choose. James has no idea which one it is. I am going in blind. So are you ready, James? I was born ready. I don't think that, but... I'll I'll go anyway. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) That's a good start, damn it. Now, I like that because uh, you can can feel the walking. You see rustling of the leaves and stuff like this. But then again, you can hear it's not rustling of the leaves, but it's the pep out of the rain on the track as the F1 car goes round the corner. Damn, what is it? It was an elephant. Oh. It was actually my best interpretation of the bull elephant's mating call. Why did I not get that? I took a whole course in bull elephant mating calls. My God, what a waste of six months. Oh, can I have the next one, please? This one might be a bit tricky for you. All right. There's a little, a little difference in it. Okay. But you might get it, you might not. <laughs> Oh, my God. Why are you throwing out these fastballs to me? I mean, I'm not going to be able to catch any of these. Well, I was told that it's getting a bit too easy. <laughs> oh. So I thought I'd, I'd make it a bit harder. Well, 
let's see. So, I am going to go for... I think I hear a pit stop in there somewhere. I'm going to go F Onka. It was another elephant. Oh, no. You're fucking shitting me. It was an elef- elephant that had been detusked. Fuck me. Oh, my God. Speak to a guy about detusking elephants the other night as well. What a fucking... What a waste of five hours. Are you ready for attempt number three? James, you are 0 and 2. You haven't got a single one right. Oh, my. Well, Dan, hit me. <laughs> Do you see? I'm. You see that ball sitting there? I am not on that tonight, I do not think. You really aren't. I aren't. Uh, I aren't. Um, <laughs> I to say... I'm going to say... And I, Do you know what's really funny at this moment, right? Is that we're doing this live, of course. There are people literally shouting. Shouting either at the phones or they're allowed to go, you fucking elephant, you idiot. Is that a, I can't hear you, can I? I mean, my God, just contact us on Twitter or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say it was an elephant. You think I was going to do three elephants in a row? You really think that? I actually completely forgot it was two elephants, yeah. Well, James, it was an F1 car (laughs) with the DRS open. You see, it slightly Uh, changes the pitch and the tone of the noise I make. Damn it. Do you know, I really regret getting you all those elephant and F1 videos. You know, I really do. But it says times... You know, people say you don't do anything in a day, you know? Well, they say I am a... (laughs) The beautiful hybrid between Murray Walker and David Attenborough. Yeah. I am like their love child. Yeah, you are M- Murray Attenborough. You are literally just like, you You amaze me sometimes, especially when it comes to Elephant or F1. But enough shenanigans. And Well, I say enough shenanigans, and I'm now going to say, let's move on to Masturbate. Now, people have never heard us before. How dare you? No, uh, seriously, though, but Masturbate, Dan, do explain to them? What it is? <laughs> if, well, when a man loves a woman... No, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get in that depth, but... That's what she said. Our masturbates are, we get a subject each, and we have to fight it. And, of course, on our live show last night, we couldn't actually settle upon a no. winner. So we've put a poll out on Instagram and Twitter for our listeners, our followers, our fans, to kind of settle this debate. Because... Yeah. The masturbate was so close, it was nearly touching tips. Oh, my God. We climaxed. And I've never had such a long masturbate with you in my life, you know? I, must... I know. I came prepared. It literally, it literally went about half hour. I know. It's the longest I've ever had a masturbate Yeah, for. okay. Anyway, the question was, what year was the best year in NXT? Was it 2012 or 2017? We'll be putting the poll out. We'll give you the results. At the next TakeOver live show, we three subjects so we could be going long first of all we started at nine we usually start at ten along with the kickoff which i think starts in the network in about 25 minutes but due to people in the uk just wanting to get ready that little bit earlier we start so we've got a lot of time we've got time to expand which means our masturbates now can just be as long as we damn well want so we've got three subjects like i say if we get two hours in maybe we'll cut it short but we'll see what happens three subjects uh three i think very but we both get a choice. So, Dan, do you want to explain? Well, who, what is the first one? The first one is Rollins 
or Reigns? Yeah, very, very simple choice and answer. So who would you rather have? Would you rather have Rollins or Reigns? Dan, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Roman Reigns. All right, I'm going to let you start. So I've got... Why do you think Roman Reigns is... Why would you have Roman Reigns over Seth Rollins? Well, for starters, you know, if you go back and listen to our early podcasts, we watched the Roman Reigns Chronicles, and it was then I became a fan of him, you know, looking back into his life and just seeing, you know, what he's come through. He's part of the Samoan family heritage name. You know, he's got a lot to live up to. He was... Definitely the most dominating performer in the Shield. You know, he's defeated The Undertaker. But not only defeated The Undertaker, James, but he has defeated The Undertaker on the grandest stage of them all. He has beaten him at WrestleMania. I'd pass it over. You just talk about victories. Okay, well... Look, the reason why Seth Rollins would be a better choice to have over someone like Roman Reigns would be simple. Because Roman Reigns is a guy, much like a John Cena or a Rock, who has been the guy of the company. There's no doubt about the face of WWE, as you will. But he's already said he's got five years left in him. Five years left, and then he's, you know, that was five years, and then he'll start looking to go to Hollywood. He'll start doing what his cousin with Simone Heritage, The Rock, did and start moving away. So they have five years and then that'll be it. It might be scheduled, you know, a couple of appearances, but we know what happens with Hollywood. You kind of have to leave the WWE life alone if you want to take it seriously. With Seth Rollins, is there a man who's been more proud of his company in recent times? Arguing over Will Ospreay on Twitter, arguing with everybody about everything that's going on, being happy to be feuding with Baron Corbin and Brock Lesnar. You know, Dean Ambrose, his best friend leaves, and he's told us, he says, well, Ambrose was wrong for doing that. This is what you should do. It's something you can stick by him, and you go, right, this is our dude, you know. And Rollins is going to be around for, what, 10, 15 years? There's a guy here who could be a Triple H level of having success even if it's working with the new guys later on, because Rollins is going to be there. He's the guy. With Reigns, you know, Ambrose left. He went, you know, Shield. With Reigns, he's going to go to Hollywood. With Rollins, he's going to be consistently there. And he's going to be a guy that could be challenging a Cena or an Orton for many well title reigns if he wants. But in them 15, 20 years that Seth Rollins is going to get be about, he's going to have been pushed so far down our throat that people are going to be sick of him. And when Roman Reigns, you know, makes his sporadic returns throughout, you know, after the five years when he goes to Hollywood in between shooting movies, he's going to be cheered louder than he ever was. But every start... Like the Rockies. But every start goes away is that. But it, it doesn't, you know, like I said, everybody gets a pop from that. But you talk about Roman Reigns, how many, how long at this moment in time as well is fans going to stay on his side until they finally get bored of him and start turning to face? We already started seeing it with Roman Reigns on SmackDown, you know, recently, who attacked him. And he started being featured more. And the fan reaction has kind of dwindled a little bit for him. So I think there's a question of kind of like, with Reigns, before he leaves, are fans going to end up going out to the same old shit again? Well, Seth Rollins has been rammed down our throat since he won the Royal Rumble to, you know, to not main event in WrestleMania, but being up there to literally main event in every other single pay-per-view this year. And Roman Reigns, they've been ticking him over. They've been giving him storylines. He hasn't even got a match tonight. He hasn't got a match. 
Exactly. And Seth Rollins is involved in Universal title. So that's WWE's thoughts of where they're going for the next couple of years, isn't it? Well, that's just someone <laughs> getting shoved down our throats so much to the point people are getting fed up with it. And there's already people saying, well, I hope Brock Lesnar retains the title tonight and Seth Rollins moves on to yeah, something else exa- because they're fed up with him. But Seth can. Roman Reigns will not turn heel. You will not see a heel Roman Reigns, much like a John Cena. With Rollins, he can flip heel and then use all the kind of negative energy that he's had from the crowd. I think that's what people start saying. Going, you, you said that you know you want the Lesnar to beat me after everything that I'd done. And you could use that and then turn in face again and have another positive reaction. Rollins could keep doing it like an edge. We haven't had an edge type character in ages where you can have a title, go from heel to face, heel to face. Be so useful to have. So keep flip-flopping, flip-flopping, flip-flopping until flopping, you flopping. find something that works. Well, no, but they're not with Reigns. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be a guy who comes out, Superman punch spear, does the same thing over and over again with no difference in character. With Rollins, you could go heel, you could go face, you can, you know, the relationship with Becky Lynch, you've got all these different things. With Reigns, it's very simple what you've got, which is, means more mileage for the Seth Rollins character. How boring did pe- how bored did people get with a Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch teaming up? Very. But that's due to WWE booking it, not Paul Heyman. So you know, Paul he's Heyman's been the Beast Slayer. He's been the Triple H Killer. He's been the Tech. I mean, you know, just try one on and take it. Don't keep bloody trying everything on and go. Oh, this might work. Now I'm going to change it. Now this might work. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because someone like you know Chris Jericho, who is evolving his character and changing, it's really affected him recently, hasn't it? He's uh, evolving his character. He's not staying the same little whiny bitch. Ow. Well, Paul Heyman, you're going to... Roman Reigns is exactly the same character as he's been since he first joined. He's been the cool guy in the background with S.H.I.E.L.D. And then he's kind of been the kind of, yeah, I'm going to hit my Superman punch and spear and get the job done. This is my yard now. It's the same shit with Reigns. How can you say Reigns has changed? Rollins has, has added little different things to his personality. Reigns is exactly the same. How can you say Reigns is going to be different in five years' time? Reigns is a child-friendly character. He's someone that all the kids can get behind and say, you know, I love Roman Reigns. The amount of young followers that Reigns brings to him, the amount of make-a-wishes he grants for kids, you know, especially after what the poor man went through. You're going to bring that up to... Oh, my God, I was waiting for that. I was waiting... Well, you know, like I said, I wasn't going to mention that at all. But, you know, Seth Rollins has been consistent when it comes to... Only Consistently one, shoved down our throats. Only one winning injury. the first ever NXT title to coming up to the main roster to stealing the highlight from the shell. I mean, he broke the bloody shield up, for God's sake. Um, how many highlights has Seth Rollins had? You keep highlighting him, didn't you? Like you said, he's a sh- he made it. He cashed in on Brock Lesnar. He made invented WrestleMania. You know all these kind of things that you're saying. It's true, isn't it? I mean, you are right about Rollins. Yeah, he shoved down our throat. Well, and Roman Reigns is not. No, I mean he's given a backstage and he's he's been kind of taken back a notch or two. And Reigns is not as good as worker as Seth Rollins. In some aspects, yes. <laughs> you think they're the same? You're going to get so much. Heat. You think Reigns and Rollins are the same wrestling? Reigns is a very solid worker. Yes. He's a flawless. How many people has Reigns injured? <laughs> how, many, how many? None. <laughs> what happened to Finn Balor? <laughs> I hope you're listening, Mark Tardis. Yes. James's pick injured our mate, Finn Balor. I mean, how bang out of order was that? He got an opportunity, and because Seth knew that he was going to win the match, he's like, all oh, right, I buckle bombing so hard that he dislocates his shoulder and has to be out for. Surgery. No, okay, you, 
just because you brought up Mark Tardis, all right, I'm going to give you that for Roman Reigns. Even like, I'm a, and to be fair, that was going to be part of my argument was the fact that Roman Reigns at the moment, uh, Seth Rollins at the moment, is kind of getting this negative reaction and where road, road that's going to go down. And Reigns, like, but the thing with Reigns, if they start pushing him down our throats again, then you're going to have the same problem. But I'd say, I'd say, but if you weren't arguing, though, Seth, who would would you genuinely pick Reigns over Rollins, like, or you just? I don't know. It's a hard call because they both have their good qualities, and I'm not just saying yeah, this because yeah. of the argument. But they, you know, they both have their good sides and their bad sides. I think we highlighted them all. I think you know they're two very good characters who. I don't know. It's it is hard. Yeah, it is. It is. So, um, well, we had three. I think we'll do another. We'll do another one, and then we'll see where we get to in time. And um, we've we've got we've, well, we've got two choices to pick from. Down, we oh, we've got what we've got Bischoff or Paul Heyman. Or we've got Stone Cold or Goldberg. What are you looking at there and thinking you could argue better? Um, I don't know. I think the Austin Goldberg one is kind of fitting around us because, you know, we're big fans. Or do we switch it up and you go Bill and I go Steve? Or it's up to you. You know, I chose Roman Reigns, so it is... No, no, All right, we'll save Bishop or Hayden, but I'll pick why Stone Cold Steve Austin is better than Bill Goldberg because it's such an easy fucking argument to win. Uh, but, Dan, I'll let you start off with William. No, you go on. I'll start at the last oh, one. Oh, no, fair enough. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is there, has there been a bigger wrestling style than Stone Cold Steve Austin? Maybe Hulk Hogan back in the day in the 80s, but no one changed the sport as much and made it more relevant and made more money than anybody did at any time than Stone Cold did during the 90s. Case in point, why do people hark on back about the Attitude Era and want to go back 20 years and kind of watch it? It's because of what Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing. Don't get me wrong, WF Attitude was great, but if you didn't have the kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin going against Mr. McMahon character, it would have never worked. And when you look at longevity, and I'm not even going to start yet with Stone Cold, I'm just going to say that's my point first and foremost i'm not even going to talk about wrestling ability or anything else he's done i'm just gonna say because he actually was so big and it was thanks to stone cold steve austin that's why stone cold is better than goldberg why is goldberg well james i only need about seven seconds which is the average length of a goldberg dominated match i mean he comes in he destroys everyone in sight he had one of the longest undefeated streaks going until Oscar. Um, you know, he he was the man that WCW rely on enough to keep their heads above water when going against WWE in the Attitude Era Wars. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a great... But, but because they were going up against a kind of WF at the moment with Giant, weren't they? Massive in the ratings... And destroying the competition, weren't they? Destroying, sort of destroying the programme that Goldberg was on. More people were watching the programme that Stone Cold Steve Austin was on at that same time, wasn't they? That, that's what they were doing. So, Well, I, I, you know, I, I, can say, <laughs> I can't say it was entirely down to Stone Cold Steve Austin. There was other factors involved. You know, there was The Rock, there was Triple H, there was The Undertaker. Even Vince McMahon deserves credit yeah, for the size of the Attitude Era. But, you know, where... WCW, as we say in our opening promos to the Monday Night Wars going back 20 years, they relied on over-the-hill stars such as Hogan, Piper, Flair that 
out of date NWO when they should have been relying on who? Goldberg. Yeah. Younger characters, Jericho, you know, Booker T, Eddie Guerrero, they should have been relying on them. And, you know, if they had have relied on them, WCW would have been a million times bigger than it was. Well, first off, right, like you said, McMahon, Triple H, Rock, uh, even Bischoff and General Manager Austin Rivals, all great rivals for Stone Cold Steve Austin, weren't they? Who were Goldberg's great rivals again, sorry? Can you just remind me of the kind of classic feuds that he had? Hugh Morris. (laughs) I'm talking about feuds, not just matches. Well, you know, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan. Right, I mean, ones that we get remembered about now, like like Austin versus Man, uh, one that everybody's tried to replicate since then. Austin versus Rock, probably the greatest WrestleMania rivalry of all time. Let me just leave it there because that's there for you. You right? You know about that right now. Take the RKO out. What's the best finisher ever? Spearjackhammer. Spear Jack- no, it's not low, is it? It's the Stone Cold Stunner. And you know that. I know. Spearjackhammer is a fantastic finishing move. But the Stunner is just something else. A move that you can hit from anywhere to anyone. And you don't... If you're not popping after the Stunner, I'm sorry, it's not the job done right. It's the character as a whole. When the glass breaks and he comes out, hits a few Stunners and a couple of beers, Austin doesn't give a shit. That is something that he can continue to do. As for Goldberg, Goldberg was nothing. He was a guy who was just a couple of matches and the gimmick worked and then they broke the streak and it didn't work. Austin was a much better worker than him and he made much more money. He was a much better worker and someone had a lot more longevity than Goldberg had as well. A lot more longevity. Mm-hmm. So um, how's Austin's career going now? I mean, can he step anywhere near a ring without his neck? being broken yeah no I think they did because I think he was a headline act at the last Raw that they you know the, the Raw legends that he did. I think Austin was the kind of main attraction to that oh, yeah, yeah no, what I think match he was. did he have yeah no I think he just came out and gave a whole toast to the entire roster oh okay I think oh, that's right. how important oh, yeah, Austin yeah. is to the entire WWE roster uh, Vincent Mann has called him the greatest WWE superstar of all time would be enough to think that Austin has made it and is bigger than Goldberg and the career with Goldberg started in 98 to kind of stop it in 2001 and then sporadically appearing every now and again compared to Austin's kind of 15, 16 year career. Don't make me laugh about that either. Well, you know, after someone who came back after being out for multiple years, 15 years-ish, give or take, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it was, you know, to come back and then just completely decimate the most dominating WWE champion going... Uh, what happened to the Stone Cold Steve Austin rip-off that's going around now, Kevin Owens? Um, how long did that match last? I, I don't... I'd... About 18 seconds, was it? Yeah, about yeah, that. About, about that. And then what did he do to Brock Lesnar? Did he just completely decimate him a minute, 26 seconds or something silly like that? 
as survivors, but you're talking about a kind of story. Like, that's great. Austin beat The Rock for the WWE title at WrestleMania. If we're going to talk about what he's done, the conference in the ring. Oh, my God. Austin had the entire McMahon family against him, but still overcome them every single week. Talk about accomplishments and, and what they've done storyline-wise. It's fine. I talk about who is the biggest star of the Attitude Era. What star? If you are say to you, Attitude Era, what wrestler? The Rock. Of course, you're not going to say The Rock. You, and you see know the that. evolution of The Rock. You know that. Don't get me wrong. Maybe if you say what WCW wrestler you think of, Goldberg might be in the top well, who three. Who was the greatest ever WCW wrestler? Sting. Don't fucking give me that. Sting bother. was the greatest wrestler. He was. You know he was. Sting was. And the what happened when Sting came back? <laughs> He got well, made to look like a cunt. Well, when Goldberg came back, he made Undertaker look like a cunt. Uh, the Undertaker made him look like a cunt. That. The thing is about it is that you know Austin is better a wrestler, a better character. Oh, what? I'll just throw you in the corner and stomp away for 10 minutes. You watch Stunning Steve Austin. For ages. You watch... You watch Stanley Steve Austin. You watch stuff from 1993 with Austin could work properly with before the injury by own heart at SummerSlam changed the way he had to wrestle. But even then, his matches aren't born. We watch Austin near enough every month and every month you say, look how entertaining. Hits the stunner and it's great as well. You've got to say, you know it's stone cold. Can't deny that Goldberg isn't entertaining at what he does on WCW. What do you say every time? Oh, I need Goldberg to come back. I need Goldberg to okay. come and interfere. No, okay. Let me get this to you then. Let me. This is how I'm going to win this, all right? And, and I don't mind how, but this is what I'm going to do. So if we've got a time machine, right, and we go back and take one person out of the history of wrestling, and it's the choice between Austin and Goldberg, you go back and you take Goldberg out, right? What have you lost? Yeah, the undefeated streak, that was a part of it. But the success that was there wasn't due to gold. But you look at his world title run and wasn't well held. It was Hogan still doing that. Nothing would have really have changed. Now imagine you go back and take Stone Cold Steve Austin out of the WWF. And the attitude here, as you know it, is completely different to what we got today. It's like taking Arnie out of Terminator. Come on. I'll let you have that one. <laughs> yes, Stone Cold. I mean, I had to fight hard for it. I'll give you that. But Austin, I think, has to win all day long. Oh my, I'm exhausted after those masturbates, Dan. What about you? I'm all sweaty. <laughs> Masturbating makes me sweaty. Well, it's it's been quite a long one, so let's have a look. Uh, we are live at the moment, so we're five minutes away from when TakeOver starts on the network. Of course, SummerSlam starts at midnight, our time. Did I say TakeOver? I meant SummerSlam. I'm still in take. The TakeOver was such a great event last night that I'm still in the kind of mood for that. Uh, but yes, we are just like an hour away, a couple of hours away from some Sunday event. We're really looking forward to it. But now we take, well, we're going to, I think, do a bit of news. News! So we start off with, my name Jeff. According to sources, more news has been released. The following statement regarding Hardy's arrest comes from WWE. Jeff Hardy is responsible for his own personal actions. Well, the arrest marked Hardy's second alcohol-related arrest since last year. In March 2018, he was arrested on suspicion of driving while intoxicated. His blood alcohol content registered at 0.25, which is three times the legal limit per the police report. Well, Hardy, who is 41, is on a WWE injured list after undergoing knee surgery. He suffered the injury shortly after he and his brother, Matt Hardy, won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships following WrestleMania in April. Yeah, prior to surgery, Hardy was suspected to be out of action for six to nine months. And after an eight-year hiatus, Jeff returned to WWE at WrestleMania 33, 
in April alongside. They won the Raw Tag Team Championships in their first match back and have switched between teaming and working as singles competitors since then. Well, depending on how quickly Hardy Hills, he could be a candidate to turn to action as a surprise entrant in the Raw Rumble in January. So bad time for Jeff, but hopefully he recovers in time. And up next, we've got a Twitter war, WWE News, and it's Lacey Evans is feuding with WWE Hall of Famer, and things have gotten personal. Yes, and uh, you can take most WWE Twitter feuds with a grain of salt, but because most of the time the feuds on social media are leading to something on television. Well, the latest feud is between Lacey Evans and W Hall of Famer Medusa Alonda Blaze. This one is interesting because they're getting pretty personal on Twitter. It doesn't look like there's a match scheduled for them at SummerSlam or anywhere else. Well, it started when Evans making a comment about the legends at Raw Reunion. Medusa fired back with some strong words about Evans' military background and her husband. She wrote, You'll be lucky to be considered a legend. You failed in the military, you live in a portable trailer, you drag your kid and husband around, your hubby looked at me, gave me a compliment and said, Honey, maybe you could be more like a Lundra. Your yesterday's regurgitated garbage. Well, the back and forth insults continued and they settled down for a few days, but they have picked up again and Medusa let fans know that they can let Executive Director Paul Heyman know that she'll be open to stepping in the ring with Evans. If WWE is open to bringing back Medusa for a match, I would suggest doing it on November the 1st on a special all-women's episode of SmackDown Live on Fox. The male talent will be in Saudi Arabia on that day and WWE also has SmackDown Live in the United States on that same night. So let's just have a quick look at them. And Medusa said you'll be lucky to be considered a legend. Found in the military, you live in a portable trainer, drag your kid and husband around. Your hubby looked at me, gave me a compliment, said, honey, maybe you could be more like Alandra. I mean, is it that bad, that tweet? I don't think it is, you know, I think when we look at things. Um, she also said, um, never pin me, million dollar man, never pin me for the title. He handed me over some cash and I gave him the title. Men get distracted easy by shiny new things like your husband did, but I walked by. When you're done acting your shoe size rather than your age, contact me. Well, Lacey Evans responded, she wouldn't be able to handle it, just like she couldn't handle holding the 24-7 title. And Medusa, Hashtag Raw. Medusa says, too bad, there's nothing to set that pretty little hat on but a hot air balloon. And loads of fake-ass pearls. Jeez, be careful, I know you a seamstress is. You may find a bottle of Nair sprayed in the top of the next bale of hay hat you wear. And Lacey Evans just responded, big hats and big plans. She also said, I never watched wrestling, I don't care what you've accomplished, barely know who you are. But I've got two words for you. Lacey Evans also said I volunteered to rip you out of your time at home and make you choke on your own words. Legend or not, you're disrespectful, swollen-headed, nasty, has it coming. Talk about my family again. I'll lose this career. Gladly waving goodbye with your blood on my hands. Hashtag shoot, which is pretty shooty. It is very shooting and shots fired. Well, Medusa went on to say, we need another legend versus current talent match at SummerSlam. Who would you all like to see? And then she went on to say, and then we have this disgruntled youngin wanting to continue to ride on the coattails of a Hall of Famer. Let's fight. P.S. How is that wonderful family of yours? And then a fan said you should show up on Monday Night Raw. She said, tell that to Heyman Hustle. So there you go. Another Twitter feud. And this is kind of a new thing where it's a work or a shoot. Again, if she's putting hashtag shoot on it, am I going to 100% buy it? I'm not sure. We might see something like that down the line. Well, James... Fact me. Yeah, well, fact you. Forbes.com have picked up a report regarding the worst draw in WWE Champions in history. The search was done by Twitter user Fact TV and recently went viral. Here's what the Forbes article noted. 
Well, Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins are two of the most beloved stars in WWE, but they haven't drawn well as world champions. Yeah, they compiled and analysed data regarding average domestic live event attendance during the Universal title reign of Rollins and the ongoing WWE Championship reign of King- Kingston. He found that domestic house shows headlined by Rollins averaged just 3,334 fans, lower than Jinder Mahal's and 2017 WWE title reign. Similarly, Kingston headlined events as of July 18th averaged just 2,940 fans per show, which would make him the fourth worst-drawing champion in the company history, behind only Kurt Angle, Booker T, and Eddie Guerrero. Now, the thing with Booker T and Kurt Angle, they're taking into account second and third reigns. Well, Booker, it's his, basically his fifth reign with the world title. Eddie Guerrero only held it once. So, do you think it's, a, it's their fault that WWE is doing so bad, or other reasons at the moment? I think it's WWE's fault. Um, I think, you know, the main thing is is there is so much going on that I think fans are getting bored of it. There's so much, you know, there's a Monday Night Raw, there's Tuesday Night Smackdown, there's Wednesday live shows, Thursday live shows, Friday live shows. And then literally every day, I know, yeah, they've kind of got to spread stuff, but I think in some cases less can be better. I mean, the best show going is NXT. And they're on for an hour a week, and then a, uh, a takeover event featuring five matches every three months on average. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it makes you wanting more. So I think these are the problems when it comes to Kingston and Rollins as well. I don't know that. I don't think. Uh, D- I think Diesel's title reign was a, a lot worse. Maybe even like other something like Yokozuna's as well. But those are the statistics, anyway. Oh, Jerry Lawler. Yeah, Jerry Lawler has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against his son, former W star. The lawsuit filed against Hardyman County, Tennessee, seeks damages for numerous failures of the county and its employees that resulted in the wrongful death of his son. Yeah, Jerry's son, Brian, was found hanging in his jail cell on July 19th, 2018, and the cause of death was ruled as a suicide. However, Jerry is disputing the suicide because of the cause of death and noted that the injuries that his son suffered are not consistent with suicide. Well, furthermore, Jerry states that jail staff put his son in solitary confinement after he was assaulted by another inmate, and the staff at the jail failed to get him medical care despite an open wound and suspected concussion. Well, the suit also says that Brian did not receive an assessment to see if he was a suicide risk, and he was left in a jail cell with shoelaces and bolts protruding from walls. Jerry wants Sheriff John Doolan to make changes to the jail to protect inmates from future harm. Yeah, so we'll see a lot more of that in the news. Up next, we had a streaming surprise. Yes, WWE's partnership to bring family-friendly programming to Netflix is already helping Seamus with a possible career change with the movie The Main Event. So what's next? Well, how about a sitcom starring a big show as a retired wrestler trying to integrate a teenage daughter into his existing home life with a wife and two other daughters? Well, James, you're in luck. The Big Show Show, a half-hour multicam comedy series, starts production. In addition to Paul Big Show White, it will start Alison Mullins' wife and Reeling Kester, Juliet Donnerfield and Lily Brooks O'Brien as his daughters. The showrunners on the project actually have some impressive projects on their resumes. Josh Bysell and Jason Berger have worked as writers on shows like Scrubs, Happy Endings and they'll executive produce along with Susan Levision 
and Richard Lowell of WWE Studios. Well, White has done acting work on and off throughout his wrestling giant, including appearing in movies like The Waterboy and McGruber, fronting the WWE Studios flick Knucklehead and working multi-episodes arcs on TV shows like Van Helsing and Happy. I think he's ready for his TV dad moment, don't you? Who's looking forward to the big show show? Uh, do you know what I'm saying? I think I am. I think if we talk about a wrestler who can maybe pull that off in that way, I think the big show is definitely one of these guys. There's just something quite likeable and funny about him. I remember being him in a big breakfast. It must have been about 20 years ago with The Rock and the big show on it. And he picked up, I think, Johnny Vaughan. And he just seemed quite, you know, funny then. He had a bit of sense of humour about him, which, you know, for a guy like that, does might might come as some surprise. Absolutely, yeah. You know, he is uh, he's a larger-than-life character, and I think it is a good step step for him. You know, he he certainly knows how to work an audience, and he can garner a laugh. And yeah, I, th- I think it'll work. I right, doubt we move on to injuries. And uh, there's been reports Bobby Lashley is expected to return on or around November the second, just in time for my birthday. Yeah, his injury is undisclosed at this time. He was last seen in the Battle Royals, determining the number one contender to Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship at SummerSlam on July fifteenth. That bout coming the heels of his strong performance at Extreme Rules, where the Almighty lost a Fool's Count Anywhere match to Braun Strowman. It is disappointing to hear that Lashley has been sidelined for the next few months, if only because he has strung together a few inspired performances, the best since his return. Halting what momentum not only robs fans of seeing what else Lashley could have done in the weeks following, but it also cools him down and essentially forces him to start anew in November. Or well, given a lack of main event hills, and with Paul Heyman at the helm of Raw's creative team, the potential is there for a renewed push and a continuation of Lashley's hot streak upon his return. Hopefully, he capitalises on it. Arabian Nights! Well, WWE is set to return to Saudi Arabia on Halloween. The company will reportedly continue its controversial relationship with the Saudi government by hosting another show in the country on October 31st. The event is scheduled to be called Crown Jewel 2019, a successor to the network special from last year. Or odds the WWE once again packed the card with superstars from yesteryear, along with other marquee championship matches to get as many notable faces to the event as possible. It's equally likely WWE will take its fair share of criticism in the weeks leading up to the event and allow superstars to opt out of making a trip should they choose so because of Saudi Arabian's politics. The Saudi events don't appear to be going anywhere and are a major money maker, major money maker, during a time where ratings are down across the board. Yeah, and I mean, people had a go at WWE for kind of smash and grab taking this money in a 100 million contract for 10 years. But if you look at what's happened since, Joshua and Ruiz have just announced, I know we don't really talk about boxing here, but the world title, you know, is going to be defended in town. Apparently, you had to pay seventy-five million for it. So, the, the, you know, what I mean, it's kind of you talk about people got problems, and yes, people have got WWE, but it should be other things as well, you know. Well, next story, finally, the great one who is forty-seven became one of the most recognisable faces on the planet during WWE Attitude Era days in the 90s and continued to dominate into the 2000s. And now the trailblazing, eyebrow-raising superstars one of the biggest actors in Hollywood. And it was while promoting his latest movie, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, on live with Kelly and Ryan that he announced a huge bombshell. Well, the people's champion said, I miss wrestling. I love wrestling. Yes, I do. I quietly retired from wrestling because I was lucky enough to have a really wonderful career and accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. There's nothing like a live crowd, a live audience, a live microphone, as you both know. Well, the Rock led WWE 15 years ago to embark on his silver skin career, 
but has returned to the squared circle on several occasions since, most likely for two WrestleMania showdowns with John Cena in 2012 and 2013. But in typical Rock fashion, despite his subdued exit, he has left by making yet more history. Well, his final ever fight was against Eric Rowan at WrestleMania 32, and the future Hall of Famer took just six seconds to claim the victory. That made it the shortest match ever in Mania history. Well, the eight-time champion did not rule out future appearances for Vince Mass Company, but his days of laying the SmackDown are now sadly over. It is also believed that WWF are attempting to get The Rock to appear on the first Fox episode of SmackDown Live on October the 4th. I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that the kind of one of the biggest movie stars in the world has now decided not to wrestle, considering the amount of injuries he picked up against John Cena in his last kind of full-time run. But at least we had that. The Rock is still, you know, it'd still be great to see The Rock, though, wouldn't it? Because he, he's always can deliver a promo, so that's not going to be lost. He's hit a rock bottom as well. And we move on. Next story, SummerSlam 2020. Well, WWE revealed that SummerSlam 2020 will take place August 23rd. You guessed it, 2020. It will also be preceded by SmackDown Live on August 21st and NXT TakeOver on August 22nd, followed by Raw on August 24th. All four events will be held at the TD Garden in Boston. Well, Boston Mayor Martin J. Walsh expressed excitement for the Impact SummerSlam and its surrounding activities we'll have on the city. On behalf of the city of Boston, we are excited to once again host WWE SummerSlam at TD Garden. SummerSlam attracts fans from all across the world and we are excited to welcome them all to our city for this hallmark WWE event. Next year will mark the first time SummerSlam has been held in Beantown since 2006 when Edge successfully attained the W Championship against John Cena in the main event. Well, SummerSlam occurred in Los Angeles for six straight years from 2009 to 2014 and then in Brooklyn, New York for four consecutive years from 2015 to 2018. With SummerSlam moving to Toronto this year and Boston in 2020, it appears it once again switching locales on a yearly basis, much like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble and Survivor Series. Maybe um, hopping across the pond and yeah, doing exactly, one over, yeah. over... I don't know, there's a nice little uh, arena called the O2. Yeah. Or Wembley if you want to do stadium as well. You know. Absolutely, yeah. Well, in addition to hosting SummerSlam once before, Boston has been home to WrestleMania 14, Royal Rumble 2003 and 2011, and Survivor Series 93, 2008 and 2013. Well, Thursday's announcement is significant for multiple reasons, including that it provides a new look at the new format for major pay-per-view weekends. Major, major pay-per-view, pay-per-view weekends. weekends. With SmackDown moving from Tuesdays to Fridays in October, the pay-per-view point forward will start with SmackDown and then with Raw, rather than starting with TakeOver and ending with SmackDown. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be quite a new way of looking at it, but I suppose you'll have the go-home show for SmackDown as normal, then the following week you just start up anew, I suppose, like, I guess, Raw does anyway. And we end finally with just a little bit more of injuries as well. Yes, neck injuries already ended Paige's in-ring career, and now the 26-year-old will be putting her career as a manager on hold, which is necessary to repair damage done during her short-lived comeback after fusion surgery in 2017. Yeah, she shared the news on social media earlier in the week, and she says this won't stop her from managing Oscar and Kyrie Sane's Kabuki Warrior tag team. Well, she said, I'll be back supporting my girls in no time, not going anywhere. Well, WWE won't have a ringside while she's recovering from neck surgery, so if she stays in the current role, she'll be limited to backstage segments for at least a little while. She also doesn't say when the surgery is scheduled to happen, so there may be time to write her out for a bit before she gets the herniation addressed. Well, maybe we'll find out when the Bukaki Warriors challenge for the titles on Raw this Monday. Yeah, no matter what, Jonas is sending the best wishes and healing vibes to Paige. 
And that is news. News. So the live kickoff has started on the uh, WWE Network, of course, stick with us. But how the mighty have fallen, the Miz, you know, on the kickoff panel with an hour 50 to go. Like, the crowd aren't even there yet. Joined by Charlie Crusoe, uh, Jonathan Coach with David Otunga, Beth Phoenix. I mean, I don't know about the Miz. What's happened to him, you know? It's, it's been horrible. Like, you know, I'm a huge fan. And he's just just been used, isn't he, you know? He has been, yeah. He's, uh, he's just a talk show host. I mean, it could have been him going against Dolph Ziggler tonight. Yeah. But the contract Dolph Ziggler signed wasn't against the Miz, was it? No. And it wasn't against Shawn Michaels, who was also in the ring. Was it against Austin? <laughs> no. No, it was against um, oh Bill Goldberg. That's the one. Yes, Bill Goldberg. Well, like I say, now it's time. We're going to run through the card and talk about it. But, oh, sorry, first off, we'll talk about kickoff. They added a couple of kickoff matches, Dan, haven't they? They have indeed, yes. It is going to be my man, Buddy Murphy, going against Apollo Crews. What do you mean, your man? When did Buddy Murphy become your man? Just just go with it, all right? <laughs> Buddy, well... Just go with it. Yeah, Buddy Murphy, former your cruiserweight champion, that's weird. And the other match? And the other match is my woman, Alexa Bliss, teaming with Nikki Cross to defend their women's tag team titles against the Iconics. Yeah, I can't pay rice. Billy you can't Kai. say that without an Australian accent. Billy Kai, you can't help yourself. You can't help yourself. Uh, so, all right, let's start running through the car because we do in-depth analysis as always. And we're going to start off with Kevin Owens with his career on the line versus Shane McMahon. And uh, we've had shout-outs about Shane McMahon being the kind of most hated man. But no one can deny that he's the best in the world. The best in the world! I'm not the best in the world because I want a trophy. I'm the best in the world because I was born that way. This is not your ring. This is not your show. A while ago, I watched the entire McMahon family come out in this ring and say, hey, from now on, we're going to listen to the fans and give the audience what they want. But the only thing that's happened since then is Shane McMahon has gotten more power, more authority, and more TV time than anyone. And trust me when I say that nobody watching ever wanted that. Hey, 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 enough about you. Hey, enough. You need to hear this. Cut his mic off. You know what? Security! Get him out of here! The one thing I'm not going to tolerate is insubordination. Like it or not, Kevin, I'm your boss. Okay? I'm your boss. So tonight, you have the night off. I hope this demonstrates a couple things. I do not have to rule with an iron fist. Uh-oh! SmackDown Live has been a one-man show for far too long now. Why don't you put yourself in a match at SummerSlam against me? And if you beat me, I'll quit. Kevin Owens, as it pertains to your challenge, I accept. Since the McMahon family is always talking about how they do what's best for business, I am asking you, at SummerSlam, you put your career on the line too. 
That would be an emphatic no. Hey, wait a minute, oh, it's Shane McMahon's buddy Elias, and it's turning into a two-on-one situation, but Kevin Owens fighting back. And Kevin Owens is teeing off of the quote, best in the world. Stutter on the table. Oh, Shane McMahon takes down Kevin Owens. Shane McMahon, such a lethal striker as Owens is finding out firsthand. This could very well happen Sunday at SummerSlam, and we'll never see Kevin in WWE again. That's what you want, Sunday! That's what you get! Because you are done! You are over! Out of my life! Out of my life! Oh, Jay, come out! Come on! So there you have it, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Dan, first off, are you excited for this match? I am quite excited because, you know, the kind of element that Shane McMahon brings to a match, he's the kind of person that doesn't really give a flying fuck what happens to him in the ring. And Kevin Owens, he's a great performer. And, you know, these two together, I think it should be a fun, enjoyable match. Yeah, I think with one of the longest-running kind of stories at the moment with the Shane McMahon best in the world thing, Needs a good payoff, and I think a time for SummerSlam, where it's not the end of Shane, but he's Owens puts himself on the line, and he can get you know give Shane a good ass whooping, you know, like the old fashioned kind of Austin McMahon battles of Shane just bumping around for Owens, hopefully in this one, you know. Absolutely, yeah, but you know that Shane McMahon's either going to have a trick up his sleeve or something or other. But wasn't there a match where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's careers were on the line, and they came back like a week later? Yeah, there was, yeah, with Shane McMahon involved in that as well. So, you know, it's kind of weird that doing the same thing. There is a chance Owens could lose tonight due to kind of outside interference. I'm sure we're going to see a few Shane McMahon stunts as well. I think that's just in the contract, isn't it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, that is certainly something that Shane brings to Matt. I think what's vital at the moment, if Kevin Owens' character, don't make him like Stone Cold, in, even though he's got the stunner, obviously, but just make sure he's got a good storyline and a good push. Don't stop the momentum, you know what I mean? If you're going to do it, if you're going to have him build towards something, then I think that's the case for Kevin Owens. Is there potential for Owens to be a babyface champion and actually make it work? I think there is if he carries on because, you know, he's not strictly a babyface, you know, in some aspects, you know, he wants. But you've kind of got that side to him where he's doing his pipe bombs as well which is good you know it's kind of expressing the annoyance that the fans have seen and you know it just shows that it doesn't go over wrestlers heads yeah I, I think that that's true you know and I think it's what we see and there's potential here for the fans to get behind Owens to see this kind of match and like I said it, it can be and it will should be a really fun kind of street fight uh, whatever it's, I don't know if it's actually kind of no disqualification, but I assume that's where it's going to go, if you know what I mean. like It does seem something like that because it would be a waste to have Shane McMahon in a match and not have it go outside the ring and mm. climb up some huge structure to fall off or, or whatever. But, um, you know, with as far as odds on the match goes, if it was Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon's careers on the line... 
then you you know it'd be a bit harder to call. But because it's only Kevin Owens' career on the line, it seems like you know there's kind of only one way it's going. Yeah, well that's true. I mean, like I say, we usually keep the cards close to chest when it comes to that. But that's what kind of you would assume. But it's weird with Kevin Owens because he's had a kind of close history with Little Man's, doesn't he? Over time. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, especially as far as Shane McMahon's dad Vince goes, you know, we've seen Kevin Owens headbutting Vince and busting him open before. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that doesn't kind of play into the storyline as well if WWE are intelligent. Well, this is the thing. This is what they should do and and show that Shane may be right for a heel. You've got to kind of believe what he does. The best of the world gimmick, I think, is just to annoyance. But yeah, Shane McMahon character can work. And as for Kevin Owens, like we talked about as well, he's definitely can because Owens is one of the kind of most entertaining guys. This is a match that actually should be quite good on the uh, on, on the main show as well. Any other thoughts on, on Owens versus Shane? No, again, you know, I hope it's it kind of slows what Shane McMahon does down a bit. You know, yeah. like as far as exposure and things like that. Um but will it? Probably not. No, exactly. exactly. So there, therein lies the problem. Oh, well, our next match is the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match, and it's only Lorkin versus Drew Gulak. But how did we get here? Well, let's have a quick look at this week's 205 Live. Well, the show opens with a recap of Dan's possibly his favourite match ever with Drake Maverick versus Mike Canales, narrated by Drake, promising that he'll remain a fair general manager. He doesn't intend to become an active competitor. Are you still over or can't believe what you saw that time? Uh, it is probably one of the best matches. It, it might even go down as my match of the year. <laughs> that is how much I loved it. Drake Maverick beating Mike Kennedy, but he says he won't be an active competitor. Is that a bit of a shame from a uh, former Rockstar Spun? Um, you know, I'd like to see him come into it when he wants to, you know, not someone who you'll remember as getting choked out on the ring apron and pissing himself. Yeah. You know, he has been alongside um, R-Truth, like, you know, one of the most entertaining things about the 24-7 title yeah. and the way things have gone down that route um you know just looking at his videos on youtube and on the ww network as well you know of all the shenanigans that have gone on it's absolutely brilliant and priceless and it is a title that i didn't think i'd like but i absolutely love it yeah and i think that's credit to the 24 7 title even though it's going to held it's going to joke people hate at the start but I think the comedy used from Maverick and Truth is the fact that they've come up with their own ideas as opposed to Vincent Mann with the piss in the cell for Drake Maverick was come up by him thinking that was funny, whereas Maverick's coming up with actual comedy because it is. So I think that is good to see. And uh, like I said, he's going to be active as long as 24-7 title is on the line. Anyway, our next match was Humberto Carrillo versus... Linsterado! And it went to a double count-out draw. Yes, and post-match, a frustrated Carrillo dives on Lucha House Party. And Tony Nese cuts a promo about how he needs to be more than just a Premier Athlete if he wants to lead the division. Well, back bar, he gets in Lince's ear and tries to convince him that he can be the star of Lucha House Party. Kalisto gets a promo talking up how he's going to win the title after he becomes number contender, as does Jack Harker, and so too with Oni Lorkin. Well, that is... Uh the main event for the night, and it is only Lorkin, and he defeated Akira Tozawa, Aria Davari, Jack Gawaka, 
Kalisto and Tony Nese by pinfall on Nese to become the number one contender to the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. So there you have it, Oni Lorcan as number one contender. Dan, are you happy about that? I am. Uh, you know, it's no secret how much the pair of us absolutely love and adore Oni Lorcan. And yeah, you know, I think he can have a great match against Drew Gulak. No, I think without a doubt, I think the, the styles there, and they've got history together as well, kind of on the independence. Uh, what was interesting, it was a great match overall, uh, but Jack Gallagher getting involved, even though he lost to Chad Gable previously on 205 Live, why would he then get a shot at the championship? But it's interesting times, like I said, Nice looks like he maybe needs a little bit of a makeover as well. So 205 Live, he's got a little bit of life to it, but how long left? Do you know what I mean? That's the interesting question, you know? Absolutely. I think they need a, a bit of a freshen up down on 205 Live, especially, you know, since Ali and Alexander and I hate to say it, but Buddy Murphy. Yeah, boy! Kind of going up to the main <laughs> roster, you know, it has kind of halted proceedings on 205 Live. You know, they need someone to step up and be the man. Drew Gulak, you know, he has been a staple part of 205 Live and... You know, I I hope he can do that, but kind of bring some elements of the old Drew Gulak back. You know, yeah. the no-fly zone, the PowerPoint presentations. That was fun and entertaining stuff for me. Yeah, so we'll, we look forward to that, and that will be on the kickoff as well, the Cruiserweight title. A match that won't be on the kickoff will be uh, two women who WWE think very highly of. The seven-time women's champion, Trish Stratus, going against the nine-time champion, Charlotte Flair. This is a legendary match. This is a match that most WWE fans thought that we were never, ever going to get to see. And tonight, we got it. How do you leave the woman solely responsible for the women's revolution off of SummerSlam? How do you leave the queen of all eras of sports entertainment off of SummerSlam? Mark my words, I will be at SummerSlam. Actually, no, I demand to be at SummerSlam. And my opponent will be better than Ember Moon. And I'm going to prove why I am the greatest female superstar yeah. of all. <laughs> Trish and Lita will be forever linked in WWE history. More than a decade ago, they revolutionized the women's division. Trish and Lita brought a spotlight to the women. Like, people got emotionally invested. Trish was the stunning fitness model. She was so pretty, but she was also fierce. And the clash of styles was magical. You know, they had great chemistry, and to make people pay attention, there has to be a great rivalry. For them to compete in the main event of Monday Night Raw was a statement to the world. Because the greatest moment of your life hasn't happened yet. But you know what? I know what it is. Since the WWE has evolved and we're no longer models shaking their assets, we are women changing the industry. Trailblazers like me, I expected more of a competitive fire. Oh, you know, you know, you know, I know what it is. You don't think that you So get the hell out of my ring, hop in your minivan, and go back to changing diapers. I respect you, Charlotte Flair. 
I think you're a hell of an athlete. You're an incredible performer. But right now, you're just being a... So there you have it, and weirdly enough, on the network at the same time, they're talking about Trish and Charlotte. We just saw Charlotte backstage giving a few comments and saying that she's a legitimate athlete and people from the past are never as good as they remember. She's the queen of all eras, and Charlotte means business tonight. It would be a statement win for Charlotte to beat Trish tonight, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, I don't know, actually. I was going to say absolutely, but, you know, again, it's... Going against someone who, you know, no disrespect to Trish, she is past her greatness. You know, she has, she's had her, her time in WWE and she was absolutely awesome in her time. But, you know, it's, it's trying to make a statement against a former such and such. You know what I mean? It is, I think it is a bit pathetic of Charlotte and it makes her look petty. Yeah. But, but you yeah. know, what, say, for example, what would it be like if Trish kind of started the same time that Charlotte did? Yeah, well, that that is a great thing to, to say, you know, because not many people think of that. Uh, so to actually have, uh, you know, kind of Trish put there, which you'd done. I don't know, it was guts determination. The question is, if Charlotte, and I don't want to be this person, you say it about Trish, if Charlotte didn't have would she be in the position that she was in? Well, you know, you never know. That is... That is something quite weird. Because, you know, you've got the daughter of Rowdy Roddy Piper. She's just making a debut for All Elite. Mm-hmm. Why isn't she part of the main roster? Why, hasn't she, why didn't she choose to go, you know, the Piper surname, the Flair surname? I mean, they could have had some... They could have even got Brooke Hogan over and had... <laughs> You know, <laughs> the a weird three-way match. match between them. Yeah, I, I think with Piper, she's not ready yet. I think with Charlotte, she, she's, like I've always said, she's great, but I don't know if she's as great as WWE always makes out. As for Trish, she was, for you know, for that time, a trailblazer, you know, took seriously after coming in the kind of model. So I think it's unfair to people to not give Trish the credit. I think even now, you know, like I said, if she's stuck with Trish, uh, with Charlotte, sorry, Trish would have still been a success with her own right because of the satisfaction and the kind of uh, the gimmick that she had kind of worked for her, you know? Would it have had anything to do with her looks? It doesn't at all. Are there any ugly women on WWE? Shana Basler. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir. yeah. But, you know, Pete Dunne. Uh, so, <laughs> is it, I always get confused. Is that... But, oh, no, it's not baseball. But um, but this is the thing, isn't it? So, that's what they're going to say. But are you actually looking forward to this match? Or do you think it's just going to be long-winded? Um, Again, you know, I, I hope Trish Stratus isn't out of the beat. You know, it's like I hope she can keep the pace with Charlotte Flair. I suppose, you know, as far as Trish Stratus goes... I think Charlotte Flair is a very good, safe opponent to be with. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, and, and I would see this match, you know, kind of going a certain way. But also each woman has got their own kind of taunts and moves. And you're going to kind of see this. And I think Charlotte's going to bring hopefully the best out of Trish tonight. You know, that would be nice to see. Absolutely, yeah. I think that would be a very good thing to, to see. Because, you know, obviously Trish Stratus isn't going to have too many more matches down the line. Mm. So... 
you know, hopefully it will be a good, you know, sort of send-off. But, you know, my my big thoughts on this, I would rather have seen Alexa Bliss going against Trish Stratus. Unfortunately, Alexa Bliss is otherwise engaged. Yes, well, not to Buddy Murphy anymore, so you've still got a chance there. But like we say, it's a bit of a shame that she's uh, not been used as a single star. But then again, you know, Charlotte is getting involved. And it's great to have three women's ma- matches kind of be marquee matches at the show as well and not really take much away. Uh, and we, we look forward to seeing that. But uh, the next match is a match that is going to be very, very interesting because we spoke about The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and how hot he is. And uh, he's been basically changing WWE as it is recently. And he's, of course, been targeting Finn Balor. Previously on the Firefly Funhouse. Did you miss me? This is the Firefly Funhouse. This is my special place. Yowie wowie. We're going to have so much fun here. What's up, Ray? This is no time for games. But don't worry, there's still a lot of darkness in this old noggin. Erase your mind. So what do you say? You want to see my secret? mind works but the puppets and this whole new fiend persona clearly bray is more twisted and messed up than ever but i've stared fear in the eyes before i didn't back down then and i'm not gonna back down now hi finn mercy rambling rabbit and i are such humongous fans of yours I should warn you, though, while you are an extraordinary man, the Fiend is no man. The Fiend is an abomination. The Fiend is power. The Fiend remembers. The Fiend is coming for him. Let me in. Oh, yowie wowie indeed, and uh, the network have been talking about him as well. Mick Foley has joined the kickoff panel, and and I, I love Mick Foley because he said like he's been many times he's been dominated, but never helpless, and he feared so much, and he took a long time to recover from the Bray Wyatt attack, and then he put over the mandible claw and say like, look, Mr. Socko's a bit funny, but it's a paralyzing hold, and having that work out, you know, and, and and when they do it right with legends like they've done with this, it works so well, doesn't it? You know, absolutely. Foley, someone that you know, despite his light side that he's had, you know, we've seen him go through hell in a cell. We've seen him go through literal hell, 
And, you know, he's one of the craziest son bitches ever to step foot in a WWE ring. So something that he says, you know, you kind of got to take his word for it. Right, I doubt I'm going to talk about one of the craziest motherfuckers. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt's new character with the uh, the Funhouse. It's just, it's been different. And it's, for me, it's just been so enjoyable as well. You know, with the Bray Wyatt thing. Even when we're like in London, we saw the kind of the Fiend for the first time. It's something that's working at the moment, isn't it? And I think Finn Balor is there just to kind of be a sacrificial lamb at the moment, to be fair. So, well, you say sacrificial lamb. I mean, it is going to be Balor versus the Fiend. And then I'm sure down the line it'll be the Demon versus Bray. And then it'll probably culminate in Demon versus Fiend. Well, but the thing is, if it does that, fair enough. Bray Wyatt has to go over, though. He has to be the winner. He can't be messing about. Tonight, it can't be a competitive match. I want the Fiend to just run through Finn Balor. (sighs) That is a tough... uh, You know, it is... I don't know, it's... Because I, I like the Finn Balor character. You know, I like the demon that he brings out for big events. But, you know, again, you, you can never be sure which way WWE are going to go with things. Oh, this is the interesting thing, but that's what I, I see happen. But the Fiend character it needs to work. It needs to add victories. It needs to kind of go somewhere. And I think it could really work if they do it right in that way, you know. I mean, just imagine if they did, like, Fiend and he... Because he's not... Is he a hill? I mean, even though he's kind of the way he is, could you... I could see him feuding with Brock Lesnar, you know what I mean? Or having a match against him. I mean, that would be incredible as long as they didn't ruin uh, the the Fiend over it, you know? So I think that's the kind of interesting thing. But are you excited for this match, then? I am quite excited. I'm, I'm, I think I'm more excited to see what the Fiend brings as opposed to the match-up itself, because the match-up, you know, it's going to be a solid match. Balor, he's a great worker. Wyatt, he's a great worker as well. And, you know, just seeing his character development will be, I think, will top it off. Yeah, no, I, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens here tonight, but I think Bray's got 100% into this character, and I think when you do that, your chance of success grows, I think, even more, you know? All right, next match then. And it is, well, Dan, go on. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the streak holding Bill Goldberg going against Ziggler. already with these so-called legends limping out to the ring happy to be there just put me out of my misery i'm happy you're here sean because i used to idolize you you had a chance to go off into the sunset as the greatest performer of all time and what did you do every single chance you got you shuffled back out here and waved to the crowd it was embarrassing it was as embarrassing as those wannabe legends last night as embarrassing as goldberg in a wrestling ring you were embarrassing what's more embarrassing to me is working your whole career given everything you've got 
and still being known as a second-rate Shawn Michaels wannabe. with the A-lister. Miz, you want to go one-on-one with me and prove that you're the best? Well, good luck. You know, Dolph, you didn't read the fine print of that contract. The contract that you just signed for SummerSlam isn't me versus you. Well, Dolph, it's not me. So, Dan, what are your thoughts on Goldberg, Ziggler? I can't believe we're getting into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the way I'm seeing this is it is just kind of a redemption match. Undertaker had his redemption match teaming with with, Roman Reigns. And I hope this is Goldberg's redemption match because, you know, it was a bit of a clusterfuck, the match he had against Undertaker and going against Dolph Ziggler against someone who's uh, an impeccable worker, someone who you know knows the ring inside out, and someone that can carry a match with Goldberg, who you know maybe just slight little tiny slight little bit over the hill. Yeah. Well, what I like to see is, uh, I think for my plan for this this show to work is for a couple of matches to have a lot of time. Ricochet versus AJ Styles, which we we'll talk about, we want a lot of time for that. Uh, but a couple of matches to go short. I've already mentioned the Fiend versus um, Balor. This one again is not. I don't think should go over five minutes. I think Ziggler needs to do what he does best, and that's bump around for Goldberg and make him look like a million dollars. Ziggler can come back from this because the problem is Goldberg never going to beat Goldberg. He's never going to beat a guy bigger than him. Do you know what I mean? A superstar on that level. That's why how they not, <laughs> they don't see uh, Ziggler in that way. Doesn't matter. Put anybody in that spot. Anybody apart from Goldberg, you know, it doesn't really matter. But it's so you don't think Goldberg's passed it then? I don't think he is. No, I mean, you go back a couple of years to you know his destructive streak. I think that's how Goldberg should be booked, and that's you know doing Goldberg right. If he loses, yeah, beat him quickly. But you know, with Goldberg, he needs to be dominating people. Yeah, and, and I think Ziggler's a perfect guy to make, like I said, look like uh, a million dollars, you know? And they haven't got a hill around nowadays that does that. Uh, not a hill, but I mean a monster that just literally goes in there, kicks ass, matches over within a couple of three minutes, five minutes, and just comes out looking like a complete star. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and this is the thing, you know, and you talk about guys who are that talented and you have to speak about the next two because the United States title match, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, probably the two best in WWE at the moment. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, you know, we can't wax lyrical enough about Ricochet and what the man can perform inside the ring. And AJ Styles, I don't think we've said a bad word about him since he's joined the WWE back in 2016. I mean, if they give these guys 20 minutes without having a kind of club uh, interfere or ruin it in, in that way, then these two guys can deliver a SummerSlam classic the likes we've not seen in a few years. I think that's what we've been saying about WWE pay-per-views. The, the, the matches really haven't been at the top, top level and we haven't seen any real moments. And I'm hoping tonight for SummerSlam that we get a couple of moments that we're like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And a couple of, you know, we say, oh my God, Ricochet and AJ Styles. If any two guys can deliver it, it's them. Do you think that it's the right time for AJ Styles to be feuding with Ricochet for US title? Do you like where they're going with it? I do, yes, because, you know, AJ Styles, for the majority of his time in WWE, he has been at the WWE Championship level there or thereabouts. You know, and I think he has had a few high-profile feuds. And with AJ Styles, you know, he's not getting any younger. So to have some, the likes of Ricochet that can assist him in carrying a match and do all the running for Styles, I think that's a great point to have. And, you know, with AJ Styles, you've got to use him before he decides to hang up his boots. So if you're Ricochet, though, I, could, I know you used the New Day, if you're going to pick a tag team for him to uh, help him out, the numbers as it was against the OC, who would you pick, being a massive Ricochet fan? I would have him with the Usos. <laughs> I think, you know, just seeing the three of them doing stereo dives and, you know, where the Usos, they do the Usos splash off two, you can have a three-way one going on. <laughs> yeah, that'd be and, mental, you know, it, yeah. it would... I, I think, you know, they're kind of on Ricochet's level as well, as far as the tag team goes. Either that or Heavy Machinery. No, oh, Heavy Machinery, that would be Because you've got the two powerhouses, and then you've got the man who could stand on their shoulders. Yeah, no, he could be flipping around all the time, couldn't he, with doing that. But uh, I think it's interesting where they go with AJ. He's obviously, like Ziggler, you know, he's a safe pair of hands, but they kind of need to make the most of it. Because unfortunately, AJ, time is running out with his career. You know, he said he signed his last contract now, so we know we've got four years left. Use him for the best they can, you know, because he is a talent that we won't see again for a very long time, you know. Absolutely, yeah, he is definitely one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, well, up next is women's championship match and we've been speaking about ember moon and bailey two women who have been very very impressive uh but as we've said in this match has this had enough build-up to be that important if you know what i mean i don't know because you know ember moon's being perceived as a face bailey is the most facey of faces you can actually basically imagine (laughs) so you know will this match work we know that bailey is a very good solid worker well, the NXT Ember Moon was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you know, we didn't think we could see anyone that would even live up to the kind of legacy that Oscar started. But Ember Moon, you could see that there was someone there biting at her heels mm. all the time she was going through NXT undefeated. So if that Ember Moon comes out, then these two women could have, you know, a very historic match. Yeah. Oh, it'd be interesting to see the crowd back. I guess they'll be cheering 
for uh, Bailey, but I think Moon's definitely got loads of fans around as well. And a kind of even her offense, like I said, with the eclipse, it is probably one of the best finishing moves in WWE, isn't it? You know, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is one that we pop every time she hits it, and yeah, it's a great move. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you know that, that is one of those. Uh, Bailey, to her credit, you know, is kind of being on the back burner for a little while. But it's kind of just, you know, churning out now the performances. She's finally had the title opportunity. And let's see if she can actually have a proper kind of women's title reign with it. Cause, but I think Bailey is a great talent as well. You know, even if we go back to uh, uh, matches with Sasha Banks at TakeOver, she delivered as good as um, Banks did, didn't she, you know? Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, she was very impressive throughout it. And, you know, it was either Bailey or Banks two women that we very much look towards being the future of the women's division in WWE. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And backstage, what's happening down in the Well, kickoff? backstage on kickoff, you've got the uh, OG, is are they called now? The OC? The OG? The OC. Uh, the original club, uh, AJ Styles, Gallows and Anderson, but they've just bumped into a rather familiar face, Finn Balor. Finn Balor, they're saying to him that Let's not forget, you used to be part of the group more success with them. Would you want to see Finn Balor joining the club? I think that would be a very interesting move to do, and especially, you know, with the Undisputed Era potentially making an appearance on the main roster soon, I think that would be a great face-off. You know, SummerSlam with them opposing each other would be absolutely awesome. But Balor in WWE is different because he's kind of had mores at the moment. We've not seen a Hill Balor ever since joining WWE as well, even back in NXT. Is now, is there a chance for him to maybe turn Hill at some point? I think there is, yeah. You know, there's always an opportunity to join the dark side. I mean, being on the light side hasn't been 100% successful for him, you know. And But then what would that mean for the Demon character? No, the Demon might have to take a step back. But for Balor to find new success... It might be for him too sweet. Uh, so we've got two more. Will he do the too sweet with AJ Styles and the club? Or will he turn it away? Like we said, he's a different Finn Balor now. Go off, Finn. Oh, no, the club obviously taking that as an answer and walking away. Yeah. So we've just got a, uh, three more matches left. And Dan, do you want to introduce the next one? The next match. If it's not the main event, James, I am walking out on this podcast. <laughs> It is Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. And this story is all about Randy Orton holding someone down, Dan, for that amount of time. It's disgusting, isn't it, holding him down for that amount of time? It's not. No, he deserves it. You come out here and you brag about how hard you worked for the last 11 years. It's only because of me. Randy Orton says that I got here because of him. I got here in spite of him. I'm not going to be bullied by anybody. That's why I took a stand. Randy Orton brought out a side of Kofi Kingston that we've never seen before. In 2009, I felt like I was breaking through that proverbial glass ceiling. Oh, don't worry, Randy. Things were finally starting to click. You know, people were getting behind me. felt like that was the moment I made it. And unfortunately, that's not really how it worked out. 
Kofi Kingston is stupid for thinking that he could hang with me. It wasn't enough just to beat me. In his mind, he wanted to humiliate me too. There were always rumors that it was Randy who had used his influence to hold me back. You know what? I did hold Kofi Kingston down because Kofi wasn't on my level. When you piss me off, you get sent right back to the bottom of the ladder. Regardless of all of that, I just had to stay positive and keep on grinding. A next-level performance. The world is believing in Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. He had an opportunity because of me. Because I took Ali out. And the rest was history. Unrestrained determination from Kofi Kingston. Are we seeing the best Kofi Kingston of his career? There's no Kofi Mania without me. How long has Kofi been waiting for this opportunity? Can he finally capture the WWE Championship? There's no Kofi WrestleMania moment without me. Kofi did it! Kofi is champion! And I can't even get a thank you. His entire championship reign is based on a fluke. But why don't we put that to the test at SummerSlam? Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Stupid, stupid, stupid. This little 11-year fairy tale you've been living comes to a screeching halt. You weren't ready back then, Kofi. And you're not ready now. By beating Randy Orton, it's vindication. I really want to inspire people to look at me and see, hey, anything is possible because this guy did it. I'm going to take that title off his waist, and I'm going to do it with the three most destructive letters in sports entertainment. It's a chance for me to prove that I belong. So at SummerSlam, when I beat Randy Orton, and I hold that WWE Championship high for everybody to see, we'll see who the Super One is, right? So poor Kofi Kingston being held down for 11 years by Randy Orton. What have you got to say for yourself? Well, I think it was Kofi Kingston that held himself down, to be honest. You know, if you want to make a statement, then make it. You know, it's if you're not good enough to beat Randy Orton all them years ago, then make yourself good enough to beat him. Randy Orton is a pillar, and a pillar that you have got to overcome if you want to reach that next level. Well, the same we've been talking about for Kofi Kingston to finally, like you say, become a champion to have proper challenges. Randy Orton is a guy with victory over that it will be a point. But is this the start of a feud as opposed to a one-off match? And this is the question. With Randy Orton, Dan, I mean, there's a lot of history. And, of course, with Canada as well, Orton's got all the history in the world, hasn't he? You know, we when you consider back in 2004 was it 2004 he won and he beat Chris Benoit in Canada's heavyweight title and you think tonight he might be able to win his 14th you know or will Kofi Kingston stop it 
it's it's very it's it's very clever what they've done, isn't it? You know, it is indeed. Yeah, you know, it is a very long story that goes through WWE, and it's and I'm glad that they are picking it up from you know when it started as well because you know you saw Kofi Kingston being quite you know he showed a a, a badass side to him back you know and uh, seeing it come through and evolve and Kofi Kingston's evolved and Randy Orton's thinking well you know maybe you might be good enough to have another match with the Viper and you know just for the fact that it's for the WWE title it might make it even more sweeter for a Randy victory well, we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully it will be a good match. Like I said, the story's good into it. But Orton as a heel for me never really excites me just because of the, the amount of sleepers that we've got. I hope the match should be better than I'm expecting anyway. You know, we shall see what happens. Uh, next match is the Royal Women's Championship submission match. And it's Becky Lynch versus Natalia. What are your thoughts, Dan? Well, would Natalia be in this match if she wasn't Canadian? Probably not, no. Well, that is, you know, <laughs> that is my whole point to this match. Um, are there other women that deserve to be in this match more? I mean, you know, would you rather see Becky Lynch versus Oscar, Becky Lynch versus Kari Sane? But why does Natalia not deserve to be in this match? Uh... Again, I think she's had her time, you know, she's, don't get me wrong, you know, she has been quite a staple part of WWE for, must be nearly a decade now, hasn't it? She's been a very long time, yeah, came in the Heart Dynasty, 20, yeah, nearly nine years, yeah, so. so. Yeah, coming up to a decade. She hasn't kind of reached, you know, she's always been mid-carder of the women's division. You know, would I would I rather see... Someone like Naomi getting another opportunity, Carmella. You know, there are a lot of other names that could step up with Natalia. You know, a submission match, I suppose it is good for her. You know, you're going to get a huge pop if and when she puts the sharpshooter yeah. on in Canada. I mean, you know, if, as I said before, if you put a sharpshooter on in Canada, it is 20% more effective. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, but it's interesting because tonight, let's talk about Natalia. I think she's been a good, solid worker for WWE, you know, and she maybe deserves an opportunity here. But also with Becky Lynch, you know, just think a year ago she was losing to Charlotte Flair and then she turned heel, well, meant to turn heel afterwards and started off the whole man character. So when you talk about the kind of effect that it's had with um, Becky Lynch, SummerSlam must have a special place in her heart. So she's going to want to do good tonight, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, Becky Lynch certainly has got a bit of a point to prove as well. Because for me, the man character has kind of taken a bit of a back step to Becky the champion. So, you know, I'd like to see her be the man again. But we haven't seen her be the man since she ran roughshod over Ronda Ronda Rousey, you know, back Survivor Series last year. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And, you know, it was that punch in the face from Nia Jax that kind of built that up in her and, you know, just seeing Becky Lynch like that. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen her attacking Natalia backstage. We haven't seen anything like that. Well, yeah, that's true. So, you know, they're trying to make it personal, but uh, we'll see where they go with it. I mean, I wouldn't be 100% surprised if Natalia walked away as champion tonight or some kind of screw job or something like that. 
But I think Lynch uh, is going to be champion, though, for a, a little while longer, if we're saying things. Screw job. <laughs> yeah. Now, that would be a, a very fun... If You know, that would be a very good twist of fate, so to speak. Without a doubt. Uh, so, the kickoff on WWE Network, we get the Cruiserweight title match, the half-empty arena. Good for them. Uh, and we will do predictions, I guess. In, oh, should we do predictions now whilst we're live on the air? Because uh, I've got my envelope right here. I need to undo my envelope. Yeah, well, can you explain the prediction league to everybody? Prediction leagues, yes, we get three prediction leagues. We have the WWE pay-per-view uh, prediction league. We have the NXT prediction pay-per-view league. And we have the bonus prediction league as well. Yeah, and you'll find the takeover ones on next Sunday, but it's 7-2 at the moment for pay-per-views. Uh, so we'll open it up, and our first match is the Cruiserweight title. And the question I've got for you, Dan, is... Oh, it's my predictions first. God damn it. So I've got to open up my envelope and everything else as well. So everybody just stick with me. We do predictions, and it's uh, really, really fun as it is. Um, I have gone for in this match. I don't think it's that much surprise. Drew Gulak. Dan, who have you gone for? I have gone for Drew Gulak as well. Gulak. What's the reason is behind Gulak? I, I think, you know, the Drew Gulak character, as I said before, he is a mainstay in 205 Live. And I think, you know, he needs to beat off a few challengers to kind of cement his status there. And only Larkin is as tough as they come. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt, of course, we'll bring you this match. Uh, on the next WWE update that we have as well. But hopefully, before we go off the air, so we can get our first points. They're called SummerSlam. The main show will be coming out on Wednesday. But there's just one more match left for to run through. And that, of course, is maybe not the main event, if Dan gets his wish. But it's for the Universal Championship. And it's Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Rollins 
German suplex. Oh, he gripped oh, oh, by Rollins. Oh, yes. Yes. In it. It's like, well, something eventually it's going to stick in it. Um, a, yeah. For one, I am getting a bit fed up with Brock versus Seth. But, you know. <laughs> Don't sound We're so We're going to get it anyway, aren't we? We are. What type of match are you expecting? <laughs> um, a quick one? <laughs> no, um... You know, I do think it is time for both of these guys to kind of move on. So hopefully there's a line drawn underneath it. It's going to do... They're going to do their best to try and make Seth Rollins look strong. But, you know, without giving anything away in the predictions. I don't know, because they've kind of given us all aspects of what could happen there between them anyway. So, you know, if we get something different, then yeah, you know, maybe... It'll be something that could be enjoyable, but if we get something that we've already seen, then, you know, what's the bloody point? I think therein lies the problem with Lesnar. He's only going to do the one-note thing, isn't he? And with Seth Rollins, it's a case of now a bit of exposure, maybe taking a little bit of a step back and, and trying again, because the Universe title run, you wouldn't say it's been successful, would it, you know? I wouldn't, no. Um, I think there, there is a lot of other talent of holding the title but again you know with a Vince McMahon mentality he puts asses in seats in his mind I mean it's an interesting one isn't it when it comes to Brock and Seth but it's dependent on the kind of what they do uh, will Seth walk out as champion we just don't know but I think what we're what are our final hopes really for SummerSlam tonight what, what, do you, what are your hopes as opposed to what you're expecting I'm hoping the, the good outweighs the bad. You know, I'm hoping there's more good matches because, you know, with a WWE pay-per-view, you know, there's going to be one or two things that just fall flat on their ass. But, you know, with with the talent on display today, you know, there should be something great coming out of these. Well, that's what I hope. We're even hoping for a great moment or we're hoping for a kind of match that we get remembered. Much like last night at TakeOver, having a kind of match that will be remembered. We're hoping tonight at SummerSlam they can follow suit, you know. Uh, right, we've got a couple of things to do before we go. We've got a new schedule out now as well, what we're going to do till the end of the month. And basically August 14th or Wednesday, we're going to bring out SummerSlam 2019, the full show. August 18th is going to be NXT TakeOver Toronto. August 21st will be WWE vs. WCW, free Nitro's Raws. August 25th is going to be SummerSlam 1999. And then August 30th we'll have on Friday night NXT, it'll be UK with three episodes. August 31st is going to be the NXT TakeOver UK live show. And then September 1st will be NXT TakeOver and we'll bring you the full event there. But of course, cars subjects to change. <laughs> we're, we're definitely having a live weekend at the end of the month. But uh, we've got a website announcement as well. And Dan, you always like to plug the website, don't you? What is the website? It is 
the wnrpodcast.com yay you got that right you know last night maybe not so much but you know yes and the announcement is is unfortunately the guy working on it has uh, been taken uh, you know he's been very busy at this point and uh, he's telling me from my sources that we're looking for a 2020 which would be very interesting because he said to me he wants to get everything right you know, I just said to him, look, Mr. Gates, I don't know what you know about computers, but please just sort it out for me and let me know. So he wants it on the newest operating systems and everything else. What we're hoping to do is bring out something that's perfect and then fiddle about of it so it's not really the same, much like the WM Network have done recently as well. So that's what we're trying to look at, you know. Absolutely, yeah. But it is going to be something great when we finally... Yeah, I mean, there'll be a lot of things happening, like we've talked about. A lot of stuff uh, coming to the WNR podcast will be announcing that all in due course, you know, like I say. And of course, you know, over time, we will be giving you little insights and, you know, little bits of that to actually what's going to be going into the podcast, uh, into the website. So, you know, it'll give you a bit more insight, but try not to give too much away. Yeah, and like I say, we always share and we always tell the truth to the people who listen because who've uh, made the show last for as long as it has. So that's the whole point of it as well. So, uh, I mean, that is what we basically do. But like I said, we're hoping for the website to be coming up soon, as well, like I said, in the new year, as well as the schedule as well. But like I say, next episode will be SummerSlam 2019. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, at Review or... At Vince McDan WWE. I'm at Journal Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email, WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. All the latest clips on there, podcasts go up on YouTube, same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speak Radio, where you listen to us live now. Stitch Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. And like we said, Dan, the website is once again, com. And it's coming in 2020. It is indeed. Yeah, I was worried I was going to choke on that, so... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I thought I'd let you take over. Yeah, uh, so I mean that is it for us. Much like only Larkin, uh, we are done here tonight. Gulak retains the cruiserweight Brilliant. championship. Both get a point to start. We'll find out who wins. Will it be James versus Dan? And there's a perfect score on the cards for both of us going through <laughs> this already. Just think of our happiness and excitement level now compared to what it would be at the end of SummerSlam. But find out Wednesday. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. <laughs>